Hey everyone, and welcome back to Any Crack with me, Shannon Callahan. Welcome back to episode five. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining me again today. I'm going to be answering, of course, another question. As per usual, you know the drill. If you've been here for the first four episodes, you know what's happening. So do I have any corrections for this week? Corrections or clarifications? I don't think I do. No. Nope. Another flawless week. So I'll just jump right into the question then, I suppose. Why waste time? I actually think this is going to be kind of long, so I should probably just dive right in. So the question is, favorite places in Ireland with comparison to U.S. faves? So I wrote everything out like little notes for myself, so I'm going to be consulting those a bit. I do get asked a lot why I like Dublin so much, and I get asked this both by my American friends and like and my Irish friends. So I guess this is kind of a good place to answer that in the sense of like, what, yeah, what are my favorite things about Dublin? And then kind of, yeah. I can expand out to Ireland. The problem is, right, so I was gathering up all of my fave places in Ireland. And obviously, I haven't been home. I've said this a million times, but like I haven't been home since February 2020. So you would think the U.S. faves would be harder in a sense because I haven't done anything. I haven't gone anywhere. But also like my U.S. faves are my faves because like of lifetime reasons. So... I guess, yeah, whereas, like, Ireland would be a bit newer. But, like, the whole thing is, like, I haven't been anywhere in Ireland in ages. Ages! It's been so long since I've left Dublin. Like, I just, because of COVID, I just kind of obviously couldn't go anywhere for a while because for my American friends who don't know, so for a while in Ireland that it happened two times that we couldn't go first it the first lockdown it was we couldn't go for than two kilometers from our house so that's like a mile and change from like radius from our houses and then it expanded to five kilometers and then in the lockdown we had kind of this past winter it was five kilometers again and like I know some like some people broke those rules and whatever, but like I don't really have the means to break those rules. Like I don't have a car and like I don't have family in another county to go and visit. So I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything unless I was going to work. So for me, I haven't been anywhere. So it was so hard to think of places because it was like, where have I been? Like, what did I like doing? And of course, a lot of my travel happened in my first year in Ireland when I was a student and I had a lot more free time, went to more places, did more things, a bit more socially. And then I started working so I couldn't go anywhere. And then COVID happened and like all of that. So I had to I, I had to have a long think. And that's why last week I didn't end up putting this one up because I couldn't think of anywhere in Ireland. I was like, what do I like? So I'm going to start with Dublin and then I'll expand. And then I'll go to the U.S. faves. And then if there's any like comparisons, I guess I'll try to make those along the way. So basically, I don't know why I like Dublin so much. There's a few things. First and foremost, the East Wall McDonald's drive-thru. Top reason to love Dublin. Um, Was there last night. Got an Oreo McFlurry. 
Um, also, because I just did this last night, I have to post sea swims as a favorite thing to do in Dublin. Now, it's not specific to Dublin because obviously Ireland is an island, so it's all surrounded by water. So you can do this anywhere if you're near the sea. But I went for my second sea swim last night in Port Marnock. That's like just kind of north of Dublin. My first one was in November. I decided that it would be a great idea to jump in the sea for the first time in November, the middle of November. It was so cold. It was actually, that was at Sea Point. I went in there, which is like South Dublin, so different area, but like still same sea but it was so cold. Oh my God, November for the first sea swim. What was I thinking? I was feeling bold that day, I suppose. I was also, the great thing about sea swims is if you're hungover, if you just jump in the ocean, the adrenaline rush and like the just kind of like, wah, that happens to like wake up your senses. It's great, great when you're hungover. That's what I learned in November. Last night when I went, I learned that sea swimming can also be like a pleasant experience that is not incredibly painful and potentially hypothermia inducing. So that was fun. And I'd say that's kind of, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. In the US, I don't really go to the ocean all that much. Like I'll talk about that kind of when I go to my US faves, but I don't really go to the beach a whole lot. I don't go into the ocean a whole lot, but obviously when I do, it's in the summer, like the dead heat of summer. So the water's warm. Ireland, yeah, we're in the dead heat of summer, quote unquote, but it's, it's not, you won't get, sorry to the Irish people listening. I don't know Celsius and I'm not going to learn it because I can just always find the Fahrenheit that I need. Anyway, so for Irish people, sorry, you're going to have to Google it, but like right now, in Ireland, it's like 65 degrees, which is hot. That's a hot summer. We're having a hot summer and the sun's out and the sun does hit differently here. And like, I'm going to try not to talk about the weather again. That can be like, if you want like a weather take, a full episode weather take, like I can do it, I guess, but like, I'm going to try not to do it here. But basically the sun hits different. 65 is not 65 in the US. So it is warmer. It's really warm. It feels warm, but like, you're never going to get like 80 degree weather. You're never going to get like You'll be lucky if you get like 70 degree weather. 75 is probably unheard of. And so like when you think about jumping into the ocean in the US, of course, you're like, well, it's 95 degrees. Like it's so hot. The ocean's a bit warmer. That doesn't happen here. That like the the sea does not really get that warm. So but it gets to a point where like you can actually like get in it and like survive and be comfortable and whatever. So that's like a new fave. McDonald's, sea swims. Clonliffe House, that's my local. For Americans, your local is your local pub. It's your neighborhood bar. Basically, so the story about Clonliffe House that I have, the first and why I like why I like it, I, I don't know why I'm sentimental about it, I guess. So the first night that I moved into the house that I currently live in, uh, two of my housemates, one of whom I had known before I moved in and one of whom, well, he technically was subletting, but like I hadn't met him anyway and whatever, doesn't matter. We decided to go to Clonliffe House for a couple of pints after they got home from work. Just kind of, you know, introductions, like celebrate me moving in, all of that. So it was like, I don't know, was it a Thursday night? It was a week. It was a weeknight anyway, like a work weeknight. And so we go in. It's like 
it's pretty quiet, just kind of some a few like a couple of groups, like mostly older people. We were definitely the youngest in there. There might have been like one other person who was our age or our age adjacent. And we were just like sat at the bar chatting away. And all of a sudden they put on Crime Call. And Crime Call is this TV show that explains like crimes that have recently happened and is asking the public for help so it like goes through what happened and then it like asks the public for help and so crime call comes on and they turn off the music in the bar and they turn up the television and so we were kind of sat there like oh is this a thing oh was it monday when does crime call come on it must have been a monday or something i don't know i re- that's not important anyway so we were like oh they must like watch crime call must be a thing like whatever so we kind of like tune in and then all of a sudden we realize that they're talking about <laughs> the pub that we were in. They were talking about Clonliffe House and an incident that had happened like a few months prior where a man got like attacked after he had left the pub. <laughs> and that was my introduction to the neighborhood. The last place I'll talk about is called Hoth. It's in Dublin County. And then it's just, there's like a really nice cliff walk that you can do. It's a really great place to go for like a half day trip. When people have come to visit me, I've recommended doing that because it's easy to get to. It's like a nice outdoorsy thing. There's great views, like you can get cute pics and all that. And then you can, if you like seafood, I don't, but like if you like seafood, you can like stop at any of the restaurants, they, you know, and get like kind of the fresh hauls of the day, whatever fish they've brought in. So it's really nice food and some good like nature bits. And it's just like, it's a good spot to be there's some they'll do like markets and stuff this is all kind of pre-covid but there would be like markets and stuff that you could go to so it's a good I'm sure you could spend the whole day there I've really done just like half days but it's nice when you're visiting because you can go out there in the morning do your thing be back in the afternoon and like do kind of your next thing so it's a nice spot to be everybody in the U.S. I think kind of learns of like the cliffs of mower which is if you go out west but I don't know, like it's an island again. So like there's cliffs everywhere and like the cliffs at Hoth are not as big as what you're going to see at the Cliffs of Mower, but like it's, it still is really pretty. It's really nice and there's a good walk there and all of that. So those are kind of my favorite things about Dublin. I can talk about like, like restaurants and like more specific things later, but kind of just like vibes. Where else in Ireland? So I would be remiss if I did not mention Tato Park. I went there two summers ago for my birthday and Tato Park is small. There's like one and a half roller coasters. They have like a baby roller coaster. Like it's definitely like a my first roller coaster kind of roller coaster. And then they have like the classic wooden roller coaster, which is actually really fun. But then it's just kind of like fair rides. Like it's not, I'm going to talk about Hershey Park, spoiler alert, in a bit. But it's not like, yeah, it's not like a theme park that you would get in the U.S., but it is nice. It's nice. And there's a zoo attached to it. And I'm not, I don't like zoos. They actually kind of make me really sad. Like, I don't like, I just, I'm like, oh, go be free. But I walked through that zoo. And I have to say, it was really interesting because there were animals in that zoo that I didn't know were animals. Like, I had never heard of them before like ever. And so it was really interesting to learn about these animals and a lot of them were endangered species and stuff. And so I don't know, zoos kind of try to logic why they keep endangered species like in their 
in captivity and stuff like that and like but this this is my spinoff podcast I'll talk about zoos and stuff but like it was really interesting and do you know the do you know the bird do you know the opening scene to the Lion King when they do Circle of Life and there's that weird bird with like the stocky legs and there's the scene if you can picture it where all of the animals kind of look up and towards uh the rock and like the bird does that as well like that but they had one of those birds I was like, what? And it's so weird looking in real life, but it's like kind of cute. I don't know. Anyway, so Tato Park. And they also have, you can do like a warehouse factory tour thing as well. And then you get a free bag of Tato. Tato, by the way, sorry if I haven't said this yet on the podcast. I don't know that I talk about Tato very often, so I probably haven't. But Tato is like a potato chip brand crisps if you're Irish. And I think it was like, was it the first one? The first brand. I know they're the ones who invented cheese and onion. Were they like the first ever company? I don't know. But it's like Ireland's potato chip brand. And they have cheese and onion flavor is kind of the big flavor here. And you don't really get that in the U.S. I don't think that's a thing. It's like cheddar cheddar and onion. Although I guess, I don't know. I haven't been in the U.S. in so long, guys. I don't remember what is a thing and what isn't. I'm actually horrible for (laughs) like comparison questions because I don't, I don't remember anything. But yeah, so Tato Park, Gorge. Where else have I been? So I've been to like a good few cities. Basically, if you've been able to get there by bus or train, that's kind of how I've traveled. I haven't gone to the places that you have to get to by car because I don't really drive in the US. And then the idea of driving here, other side of the road, all of that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's a journey for me. But then I also don't have a lot of friends with cars or licenses. Like that's this is a side tangent. But here, you know, in the U.S., you turn 16, you get your permit and then you get your license. Like it's a big deal. It's not it's not as much necessarily here. I'd say I know a lot more people who don't have a license than who do. So it's just it's different. Um, So not having not being comfortable driving and then not knowing many people with a car. Obviously, like I can't really go to places if I can't get to them by public transport. So that's how my travel journey has been. Now my life is changing. I'm meeting more people. More of my friends are getting licenses and things like that. I might eventually become comfortable enough to rent a car and drive myself. I mean, I've been here almost three years. Like I'm sure I command people literally land, get off the plane and rent a car. I don't know why I'm so nervous. I just, I'm not like, don't really like driving. But anyway, all of that just to say that I've been to like, like other cities, like and I've liked them. But stay tuned because I'm going to try to go to more places, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. But my favorites that I've been to, I had a great weekend in Limerick. <laughs> my friend Steph, she was listening to the podcast and she was like, you need to just do a story time of like your like top three like wildest stories and and just do story times in addition to or like in between answering questions and stuff. So if you want me to do story times, I can, and I'm sure there's a Limerick one in there, but I actually might have to get permissions before I tell the Limerick one. But Limerick was really fun. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but I had a great time. And I've been to Kilkenny twice. I really enjoyed it both times. The second time, it was pouring down rain. I'm talking downpour. Do you know how a few weeks ago I was like, oh, it doesn't really rain rain. No, it was actually buckets. It was buckets of rain. And it was wild, but I actually still really had a nice time. I liked it there a lot. 
been to Derry. Derry is technically Northern Ireland, so I guess my favorite places in Ireland. I'm referring to the island in this as opposed to Northern versus the Republic. So in this instance, Derry is in the north. Went there for a class field trip when I was doing my program, and I just found it really, really interesting like really interesting. And obviously, you know, my program was history focused and stuff. So we did a lot of tours of museums and it was just really interesting to like talk to people from both sides and just kind of hear their perspectives. And obviously coming in as an American, like I don't have as much of an emotional or I don't have any emotional investment. I was like, I don't know why I'm saying as much. I don't have any emotional investment in what has occurred. At one of the museums we went to, I also met an American woman who there's like a big mural project in Derry and she had come over like starting I think like 20 years ago she started coming over to help with the mural project and she ended up just liking it so much that she got a whatever visa and decided to move to Derry so um, I really enjoyed that trip a lot a lot oh and then kind of the last place that I want to talk about is Trim basically Trim is where I go for Christmas So I haven't been home for Christmas for two years. So my former classmate, like, well, she's my friend, her boyfriend's family has taken me in the past two years and kind of let me come and stay with them and celebrate Christmas with them. And it's just really, it's actually so lovely. And this past Christmas, especially, I hadn't left Dublin since COVID started. And so Christmas was the first time I had left the city. Like I hadn't even gone to Hoth, like I hadn't gone out side of like the city proper since COVID started and so I went out to trim and it was just so nice to be with a family and like it's a big family and they actually enjoy each other's company they get along really well like and it's just so you're just full of food the whole weekend and like drinks if you want them and just playing loads of games um board games card games and then like going for nice walks and stuff there's a castle in trim That is famous because there was a scene from Braveheart shot there. So that's kind of one of its like claims to fame. And so like you can walk the castle grounds and stuff. And so we would go for walks like that. Like it's just so nice. And like the family is so good to me. Like I am constantly worried about like overstaying my welcome, but they're so, so good to me. And they're so, I just, it's nice. It feels like a real Christmas to be able to be with a family because I don't know like what I would do if I wasn't with them like I'd be just like sat in my house like I'm sure other people would have taken me in as well but like they there was just no questions asked I was like is it weird that like you're going to your your boyfriend's house and I'm like your friend just like tagging along she's like no it's not a bother at all and like um yeah so trim is a favorite because it has like a lot of kind of like sentimental value and but yeah looking forward to going to more places in the future because as I've said a million times now I haven't been anywhere but my friend Emma and I actually we keep a list of places that we want to go to um like I have this kind of Dublin to do on my phone that I started when I first moved here and she just kind of helped me grow the list like we were always writing stuff down on the list and it was like restaurants it was just like random things to do it was other places outside of Dublin to go things like that and so now that things are opening up hopefully a bit more permanently we can go out and about and we can start doing stuff again and I can do like a part two of this 
with more uh, favorites as I discover them. So yes, those are kind of my Ireland faves. That's not super exciting or interesting. Like I don't have any secrets really of like places that people don't know of because I haven't been to anywhere that isn't kind of like super touristy already. But anyway, on to my US faves. This is going to be a long one by the way, if I didn't say that at the beginning, because I'm about to talk for about mm, 10 minutes about my absolute favorite place, the greatest city in the United States of America, Philadelphia. So here's the thing, right? I have dubbed Philadelphia the greatest city in the United States of America, but I don't actually take rebuttals on that. So I'm just, I'm putting that out there, just like a disclaimer. I'm not going to take any, I don't care if you think there's another greatest city in the US. Does not matter to me doesn't matter. I don't take rebuttals. For the haters out there who aren't like, oh yeah, Philly's the greatest city, like on board, definitely get it. You might be like, what makes it so great? Like why Philly? And to that I say everything, but if you need examples, I'll give them to you. So we can do like categories. We can do food. We can do music. We can do sports. We can do history. We can do art. We can do culture. We can do language. We can do all around vibes because Philly does all of that. What's not to love? Food. Obviously, everyone knows cheesesteaks. For my Irish friends out there, you don't have to call them Philly cheesesteaks. You can just call them cheesesteaks. Like, we all know they're Philly cheesesteaks. My favorite is Jim's on South Street. It's But it's not all about cheesesteaks. Like, Philly does more than cheesesteaks. It's a great food city. So, it does soft pretzels. Do you know when you get the like little nugget ones and you get the assortment of sauces? Oh, it's so good. I had my old housemate because she's an angel. She sent me, this is my old housemate Jocelyn from when I lived in Philly. She sent me a recipe for making like my own soft pretzels and it was really close. Like the recipe turned out really nice, but it just wasn't the same. And I just, when I go home, like I'll always do a cheesesteak. I'll always do soft pretzels. I always do, um... Philly isn't really known for its bagels, but there's this really great bagel shop. Um, and I don't remember what it's called, but it has a sign outside that says hot bagels. So I just call it hot bagels. They do really nice bagels there. And so I always get a bagel from them. And then I always go to Federal Donuts. Oh, the, like actually, actually the best donut I've ever had in my entire life is from Federal Donuts. So, so good. And they're just around the corner from the house that I used to live in. Like it's so perfect. It's so lovely. Like, oh. Aside from just kind of random foods like cheesesteaks and pretzels and stuff, there are actually some award-winning restaurants in Philadelphia, like some of the best restaurants and stuff. I haven't been to them because I have no money, but like there's some really, really good food in Philly. Music, there are Boyz II Men, Will Smith, Patti LaBelle, icons. But more than just like the famous singers and artists coming out of Philly. Let's talk about concerts in Philly, right? So Bruce Springsteen, for example, played his longest concert ever in, I think it was in Citizens Bank Park. His longest concert, it was like four and a half hours he played nonstop. Well, I'm sure he took water break or whatever. But like, 
obviously Bruce Springsteen, tons of hits, has had a really long career, decades long, whatever. Obviously, he can play. He has enough music to play for four hours, but he doesn't normally play that long. And yet, he came to Philadelphia and he was like, do you know what? This crowd is right. I'm going to play for four and a half hours. And he did. And it I wasn't there. But it's just like, it explains kind of the, that goes into like when we're talking about like vibes and stuff. It's like the energy of Philadelphia is such that somebody like Bruce Springsteen, who could play two songs and walk off the stage and people would probably be happy, he played for four and a half hours. But like what? How could you not love that? What's the next category? Sports. I mean, I think I'm about to get emotional about (laughs) the Philadelphia Flyers. (laughs) I miss hockey so much. Here's the thing. I can watch football over here because it's kind of big enough. There's enough of a like market for it that there are bars here that will play the games and stuff and it's you know more than just the Super Bowl you can actually watch like the whole season and the games are at varied enough times that actually you can catch a good number of them whereas with hockey a lot of the games are at seven o'clock at night in the U.S. and so it's midnight here so it's just not as easy to watch them and then there's nowhere that plays them so you have to like stream them and all that's just a lot harder so like I miss hockey. Every time I go home, I go to a game. It's so, so nice. But like, basically the thing that I want to say about Philly sports, because I know there's a lot of haters out there and they're like, you guys never win. You're all a bunch of losers, whatever, whatever. Your teams are jokes. If you are a Philly sports fan, you're not a Philly sports fan because your team is the winningest team. No. You're a Philly sports fan because you were born and bred a Philly sports fan. You know disappointment when you love Philly teams. You you know disappointment. You do. And there's no denying it. And I don't know a single Philly sports fan who acts as though the teams are better than they are. We are fully aware of how we act. But we also, in addition to knowing disappointment, we know love. Because if you can go back season after season to a team that disappoints you and still believe in them and still cheer for them and still try to support them to the next to get them to the next level because something there's something about professional sports that it's like the fans can really impact a game and Philly sports fans show up and do their part to impact the game it's love like I couldn't be any other fan. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine being a DC sports fan? Like, ew. What? No. It's all about Philadelphia. Love it. Next category, history. Now, the US, like, we definitely romanticize and propagandize our history And I can't cover that in this podcast. That's the spinoff podcast. But like within the realm of learning about the foundation of the United States as a country, for better or for worse, you have to go to Philly. Like that's that's where it happened. Like that's literally where 
they wrote the Declaration of Independence. That's where they wrote the Constitution. It was the, the first capital of the United States. So you have the oldest street, the oldest like residential street is in Philadelphia with like the houses, people live in them still like, and I know that the US is very young. So I know for like Irish people, you're gonna be like, oh, this is a cute age, but like it's the 1700s. Was the 1600s? No, 1700s. I think it was the seven, like 17, early 1700s. Anyway, it's the oldest, it's the oldest residential street in the U.S. You have like the oldest um, markets and the oldest fairs and festivals. You have the first hospital, you have the first penitentiary, like you have all of these things built into the into the bones of the city because of how it came up, because of its connection with the birth of the U.S. Like it just, when you're talking about history, if you like history, Philly just takes the cake. And that's just, that's that's one topic of history, right? Like that's just U.S. kind of government history. Like you can go down so many other avenues. Like it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Philadelphia is brilliant. Even if you look, so like for from an Irish perspective, when you look at the famine and um, Irish people coming to the U.S., obviously Boston gets gets the first attention. Everybody knows that the ships came to Boston, and that was the number one harbor, absolutely. But Philly was number two. So when you look at kind of that history and and how Philly has evolved and grown around having this massive Irish American population, like that's written into its bones as well. So. Anyway, I'm a history person. I could go on and on, but as a topic of history goes, as like a category, Philadelphia takes cake. Art is the next category I have written down. So history is my background, but it's specifically like art history. So I could go on and on, but I've, I think I've, I'm already at 10 minutes talking about Philadelphia. So I'm just going to do, I'm going to do two mentions of Philadelphia art that I think set the scene. First, we're going to go to the Magic Gardens in South Philly. There is a physical, like, museum-type location that you can go to. Great for the pics. There's a scavenger hunt if you go with kids, all of that. It's really interesting to learn about the guy who created it and his motivations, all of that. But then as you walk through South Philly, you also can see this guy has, like, Magic Gardens people's houses and, like, businesses and buildings and stuff if it's public facing if the public can enjoy it you can apply for it to be done that he'll come to your house and he'll do his muraling on your wall and I think that just speaks to Philly's like public art and street art scene which there's lots and lots of money that the city has put into doing public murals on walls and then it also is really cultivates um like a street art scene as well for artists coming from all over the world to like just to put their art up on Philly walls and like the people of Philly are really attached to that as well which I think just kind of shows again it's like why do I love Philly so much it's it's the spirit of the town it's the spirit of the people they've really like latched on to all of these categories I've talked about and like there's like a real support and a real love for these things that come from the heart of Philly the second place that I'll talk about is you go to the Philadelphia Art Museum which is massive, massive, massive. And it's also like if you think about writing that into history. So the building itself is old and historical itself. But then if you're like a movie buff, the Rocky steps are the Philadelphia Art Museum steps. So when you think about like writing it into history, when you have a, a film history, these steps are 
immortal in that way because people are constantly going to them, running up them, you know, recreating the scene and stuff like that. So that museum itself is great. Um, but when you go inside of it, the art in there is brilliant. My recommendation is the Cy Twombly room that's in the modern art section. It's beautiful. It's stunning. It's gorgeous. I go there like every time I come home. I just think it's so beautiful. Um, so that's the art category summed up in <laughs> two parts. And yeah, I think the last, oh, the last thing I was going to do is language, just because I want to mention that Philly has its own dialect. Like it's a, it's a recognized, written down academic dialect. If you want to hear how Philly people talk, I would recommend <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the Charty McDennis to Electric Boogaloo episode <laughs> where they like spin the globe and it lands on Philadelphia and they're, they have to talk in the accent. That I thought was really funny and a prime example. So, yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's like 15 minutes that I've talked about Philadelphia now. And I'm not like I have three other things that I need to talk about. So I'm going to leave it there. Just to say. Philadelphia. I love you. My second favorite city that I've been to is Minneapolis. I'm going to do a quick shout out to Minneapolis. I love Minneapolis for a lot of the same reasons I love Philly. Like there's just a great arts, music, cultural kind of scene there. So Minnesota is the state that Minneapolis is in for people who might not know. And Minnesota is known as the land of 10,000 lakes because there's just there's lakes everywhere in the state. And Minneapolis, the city, is no exception. And what I like about Minneapolis is that they didn't try to overrun the nature by building up the city. Like, the nature is still very much prominent, and it's the city was built kind of within the nature. So there's still, like, lakes everywhere. There's lots of parks everywhere. So it's just really lovely. It's, like, it's so nice, and I think I would... I don't know if my cousin listens to this, but I think he would be very upset if he did. And I didn't mention that it has like the second best bike paths or something in the U.S. Like it has the second most <laughs> bike paths or something. When I went out to Minneapolis for the first time, he was like trying to sit, trying to sell me on the city. And so he was like, oh, it has the most this and it's the best this and the biggest this and the whatever that. And the bike paths, I think, were number two, number two in America for like the most bike paths or something in mileage or whatever. I don't know. I also love Minneapolis. So every time I go is in the summer. I've never been in the winter and I know that Minnesota has really cold winters so I can't actually speak on it because I've never been. But I always go around the time of the state fair and oh my god it is so nice. If you are Irish listening to this and you want to understand like American food culture go to a state fair. Specifically, I think Minnesota's, but like probably anyone will do. They all sell the same kinds of foods, but it's like that's where like when you're thinking of like all the fried foods and all of that, like what can I deep fry? You're going to find that at a state fair and it's so, so good. But also just like there's so many other creations that go. It's a really, it's actually like a really creative space. I would absolutely recommend that that's something that you do if you are traveling to the U.S. in the summer, I'd say look up like state fairs and see if there's any in the area that you're going to be in. So yeah, so that's kind of it on Minneapolis. Shout out to Minneapolis. 
And then I couldn't mention my favorite places in the U.S. while talking about Hershey, Pennsylvania, the sweetest place on earth. I believe that's trademarked. So I'm basically grew up in Hershey. I'm not, we didn't live in Hershey, but like I went to preschool through kindergarten in Hershey. All of my doctors are in Hershey. My mom works for the Hershey company. I don't know if I can say that. Whatever, it's out there. My mom works for the Hershey company. She's the person who's supposed to be getting me the sponsorship. Um, so we, like, we, big Hershey fans. And to all of the Irish people who are sitting there, like, Hershey's chocolate is crap. You're lying to yourself. You know you love Reese's. You know you love cookies and cream. Those are both Hershey's products. You enjoy Hershey's. Everyone does. Get over it with your, oh, it's no dairy milk bullshit. Who cares? You like Reese's, you like cookies and cream, you like what you like. Just stop being rude, okay? Hershey's is beautiful. And if you went to Hershey, Pennsylvania, you would know and you would agree because you would learn that Milton S. Hershey, the founder of Hershey's Chocolate, you learn all about his life story, how he had his failed business in the caramel industry and then he moved to chocolate and then he built up Hershey, Pennsylvania as this town where all of his workers lived. So his farmers were there, his factory workers, everybody was there so that they could all like live and support one another. And that's why the Her- like the Hershey company didn't experience the Great Depression is because they were all living there together and they were able to help each other and then like, you know, make the chocolate and all of that. And then he did all these other things. He like has the Milton as Hershey school and then there's a Hershey spa. I don't think he did the spa, but like just mentioning that there's a Hershey spa and then he, he started Hershey Park as like an entertainment place for all of his workers. So it was a place like a park that they could go and bring their kids and their families. And now it's the second largest theme park in the United States after Disney. It has 14 roller coasters. You can go to Chocolate World and you can ride a little ride that tells you how Hershey's chocolate is made. And then you get a free piece of chocolate at the end. It's beautiful. And I know that there's like a Cadbury land or whatever. I don't care. Hershey's is amazing. And Hershey, Pennsylvania is lovely. The sweetest place on earth. But you Cadburyland doesn't say that. Actually, I know that there is a town, and I can never remember what the town is that like makes Cadbury, so I just call it Cadburyland. Anyhow, I love Hershey's. If you came with me on a trip to the United States, I would take you to Philadelphia, and then we'd go home to my mom's. She'd make you dinner. And the next day we'd go and we'd spend the day at Hershey Park and you would be like, what is happening? This is amazing. Be so great. And then we'd go home and my mom would make dinner again. And then you know what she would serve you? Chocolate pie made with Hershey's chocolate and you would love it. The last place I'm going to mention is Lake George, New York. So I said earlier that my family, we... Or I didn't say my family. I said that I don't really go to the beach often. I was like 12 years old the first time I ever saw the ocean because my family every year went up to Lake George, New York. It's in upstate New York near Albany. That's where we went for vacation every year. We didn't go to the beach. We went to the lake. And it is such a lovely place. It's so beautiful. I love I love being out on the lake. We would go fishing with my dad for Father's Day every year. And we would go to... And there's a bunch, a bunch of theme parks in the area. And so we'd always go around to all of the theme parks. We would do days in town, like going to the arcades. Like there was always just an arcade day where we just went and spent the entire day in the arcade. We like stayed in this place in like this little cabin. 
and there was like mini golf course on site. They had a pool on site. Like we ended up making friends with this one family. They went every year. And so we ended up always going at the same time. So then we would have like our friends. And so we'd hang out with them and like do sleepovers and stuff. Like it's just, it's such a nice place. I love, love, love Lake George. That would be kind of the last place that I would mention as a fave. And I think that's it. But yeah, so those are my favorites, my Ireland favorites, my US favorites. So that's the answer. I don't like, I don't know that I really did a big comparison. I don't know that necessarily there's a whole lot to compare. I sometimes feel like Philly people and Dublin people are kind of similar, but there's obviously lots of differences as well. I don't know that any of the other places are similar to each other, though. They're definitely different. And the reasons I like them as well are are even different, like the experiences I've had in each of the places are different. Certainly the U.S. faves are a lot more sentimental. So I think for me, it's definitely just, it's a lot about the experiences that you have in the place that make them a favorite. It's not like, oh, you have to go to this place and do this thing and da, da, da. It's like, who did I hang out with? Like, what did I do? What did I enjoy doing? That kind of thing. Stay tuned for me to like do more things and actually leave Dublin. And then I'll like, I can do more like insider travel tips. But for now, I don't have any because I haven't gone anywhere and I haven't done anything. Thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, I'll try to make next week's shorter. So I'm going to sign off. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you wouldn't mind following, commenting, sharing, liking, whatever you're able to do on the platform that you listen to this on, if you can do it, that would be super helpful so that more people can find it, get access to it, all of that and this can blow up. And again, I can get my 2 million euro. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you next week.